Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello and welcome to Coding the Future. I am your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, and I'm honored that you have joined me again this week for another amazing episode. I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining in each week and learning from me, from our guests, and sending me your information and comments. It has been so amazing. If you have enjoyed your time listening to the show, I would love it if you would share it with someone else or leave a comment or send me an email. It is through you that we will be able to gain more traction on the show, have more guests, and be able to continue to learn and grow together. Again, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really am truly honored during this time of craziness. I know each morning I wake up and sometimes think it's Groundhog Day, but realize it's not. It's another day. And try to think of something exciting to look forward to. And many times it is getting up and recording for this show and reading the comments that come back from you as the listeners. So thank you so much. And I am really excited today because I have been um, really digging deep and, and seeking guests and reaching out to my network and to my friends to showcase and celebrate the women and men that are really making moves in the field of technology, education, STEM, computer science, workforce development, making moves where there is a way for individuals to see themselves in tech, see themselves in science, math, and engineering and computer science, and are doing this work not just in a silo, but with others, celebrating victories, celebrating failures, and really navigating and taking off a chunk of what my dear friend Abby just said, a chunk of an elephant that sometimes feels so massive that we can't always do it alone. We've got to do it together. So I am joined by um, a fellow educator, engineer, really amazing woman in STEM today who is going to tell us all about her journey in terms of working in the corporate world, starting her own business, making moves in academia, and now becoming a true product boss with her own subscription boss. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Thank you so much for being Hi, here Hi, Sharon, and hi, everyone listening. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and share um, and just um, really just um, offer some insights into what we're doing, our journey, and um, answer any questions you may have. Yes. So tell me, tell them a little bit about yourself. What, tell us about your journey. You know, I mean, you have, it's so when we first met, I, I was so like, in, just intrigued listening to your story about just how you even came to the United States, how yeah. you have found your path in education and career, and then your years in corporate. Yeah. So it's so interesting how life um, plays out. You, you never can just lay it out and say, this is exactly how things are going to go. Um, but for me, my, my journey to STEM or even to finding my career started when I um, was growing up back in Lagos, Nigeria, um, which is a country in West Africa. And um, 
because in Nigeria, there are certain careers that are considered um, having economic advantage, you get encouraged to pursue those careers. And for me, my parents really wanted me to be a doctor. So they encouraged me around medicine. And I actually really did want to be a pediatrician for the very longest time, because in my mind, if I was going to be a doctor, then it had to be one that I felt helped kids because I was a kid and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. These, these doctors are amazing. Yeah, that's what I want to be. Um, but it didn't take long for me to realize that, <laughs> no, I do not want to be a doctor. I just, I do not like blood. I don't understand any of that stuff. And I don't, I, I'm not interested. But what happened, luckily for me, was um, I, we moved here. And the lucky thing for me was the discovery of technology. So prior to moving here, technology was known, but not personal. I I had computer classes at my school, but we didn't have a personal computer at home. And there weren't phones everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, with smartphones and all that. So for me, it was this really curious thing. It was the one thing that was so unfamiliar and just attracted me like a magnet. And so, of course, I wanted to learn everything about it. And I, I always, I, I love reflecting back to this moment because I honestly can reflect back to it as if it's yesterday. I just remember doing homework as a high schooler and Microsoft Word just illuminating before me and the user interface just seemed so interesting. It, to me, it just felt like, who made this? Like, wait, somebody actually put this together. Somebody said, there should be a menu here and you can type and change colors. And for me, I had an arts lean when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And although my parents were pushing me towards medicine, um, there's a very huge part of me that's very into design and arts and stuff. And so for the first time, I saw technology like a creative brush, like in my head, it, it made perfect sense. Like, oh, this is just another medium for art and creativity. And that was the click for me. And I now wanted to know, how do you program this thing? And Mm -hmm. as you know, Sharon, there's a million languages that you can Mm -hmm. learn in programming. But I got super lucky because I don't know if I started with C Sharp, (laughs) which I ended up doing in college, if that might have been my favorite. But I started with Visual Basic, which was very visual. And could you right there with the girl. I loved Visual Basic because it answered my questions. How do you create a navigation item? You could with Visual Basic. You saw it. You know, how do you do these things? So that further fed my curiosity and um, sealed my fate. I was now going to go to college and study computer science. I was excited about it. So I went off to Virginia Tech um, and started my journey. And it was much different than that isolated experience of just taking one pro- one programming course, right? So now I had to take this whole slew of engineering courses um, and a whole lot of math courses and be one of only two black females that I remember in the entire program and just starting to feel that difference. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, like when I go into that engineering building, I know I'm going into some other world. And then I come out and my whole social world was different. That was literally how I survived was I had so much other things going on outside of my degree in my program, but then I would go into the cave and do like <laughs> with the boys and do the program and segment. stuff. Segment. I had to segment my life. Exactly. So I'm just checking through these things 
And then I, as I'm graduating, I'm thinking, okay, I, there's no way I want to be a developer and like sit and program all day with guys. Cause that was what it looked like at school. Yeah. I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. but I love this stuff. I love coding. Like, mm-hmm. but it's gotta be more real. Uh, we gotta be doing it. I, I have to understand what we're solving basically. And so I, I only applied to jobs where it was some sort of leadership program where you were being asked to like take your technical skill and do um, solve some business problem with it. That I figured that was perfect for me. That's the only kind of job I would do. Um, and luckily, I, I landed at a wonderful um, gigantic diversified manufacturing company um, in Gosaran here in, in Charlotte, uh, in, the, in the Charlotte area. And that was where my corporate journey began. And I, reflecting back now, it's interesting to see how intentional I was to continue to find ways to use my technical aptitude to solve actual problems. And I kept navigating into those roles, which helped me stand out because I ended up being the person that could really, really speak tech and get as nerdy as possible with the best of them, but I could come right out and talk business and um, the commercial side. And that made me extremely mm-hmm. valuable within the company. It really helped me grow um, in my career. And the, the more I grew, you know, so now I'm leading these large um, digital transformations. It's all fun. It's what I love to do. Um, but I'm forgetting now that I'm surrounded by men because I have now become one of them. I speak their language. We just roll together. It's not even a problem for me anymore. I'm not even seeking women anymore. I'm, it, at this point, it's a decade into wow. this and I've, I have blinders on. It's kind of like that commercial that's like, are you nose blind? It's, it was like oh, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. like you're not even smelling anything anymore. You're just like, oh, yeah, this is life, right? Um, but of course, I, you know, life has a way of helping you find your path, right? Because I started having children and I have two daughters. They're both going to have birthdays for the end of the year, nine and six. And these two girls, their experiences was what sort of jolted me out of this, this um, uh, spell or whatever fuck I was in. Because about age three and four for both of them, they would both come home and start pointing out gender um, uh, gender differences in, mm-hmm. in activities and toys. And it would be, oh, that's a boy thing. No, I don't like that. That's a, No, boys like that. I don't like that. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Because I'm not sending these messages at home. And so it became clear to me that even outside of my home, no matter what I did, there was going to be um, all of these messages that are helping them think about how, what they're capable of, what they should and shouldn't be interested in. So I wanted to do my part in making sure I, I, I was combating that enough, like I was exposing them widely. And so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I just need to Google stuff and, you know, we'll find toys and things to do on the weekend. You know, I guess it's time we start, you know, doing more of those like learning fun stuff. In my head, there was no, this was not a problem I thought would exist. It was going to be super easy and I would move on with my life. So then I start Googling. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Where's the stuff? Like, the stuff I found on Amazon, yep. so boyish, like like they said, it does look like boy stuff. Um, even when I would Google like chemistry and stuff, 
there were only things that combusted. I'm like, but what if they don't want to blow up anything? Like, how is this the right. only type of STEM content that exists? And then finding activity, it, all of it was just like pulling teeth, right? There was, it wasn't all in one place organized. And um, so I started, you know, sharing with friends and they were sharing the same sort of concern in that they weren't fine. They were like, oh, where are you finding that? I've never heard of that. And you could see like the immediate interest, like text me that, you know, send it to mm-hmm. me. So in my head, this starts to form a, huh, this is interesting. And so I, they set me off. My girl set me off on this research spin. It probably over the course of a year, I was reading everything I could find, all sorts of academic papers around girls in STEM and um, the reasons why and, and what's been done. And there were a couple hard numbers that hit me right off the bat. And the first, I, I, fe- I felt this my whole career, but it's never, um, it was never presented to me. And that's the fact that women contribute to STEM at about half of the rate uh, contribute to to the workforce at at a half rate of men but to stem at 28 percent so when you look at 28 percent to 49 percent it's like so Mm -hmm. women are equally working in the workforce but very specifically choosing not to work in stem Mm -hmm. that was the first thing that hit me i was like huh that's interesting okay but why and then the second hard number that hit me was well by age 12 girls are deciding at a much higher rate than their male peers to move away from stem and i'm thinking 12 like as in fifth grade like what is happening before fifth grade first of all before fifth grade we're only teaching concepts in schools you know just ideas um secondly who's in charge before fifth grade parents are I'm not going anywhere that my parents are not taking me like my exposure is as wide as Mm -hmm. my parents exposure is and it just all started to click to me I was like oh my gosh like parents are totally underserved when it comes to um, informal learning around STEM because I know a ton of women that a either um, don't have a STEM background so are not comfortable with it or b right no, want this stuff, but don't even know where to begin. So how, how are we saying that we're solving this problem in STEM, but we're not addressing that early part of the pipeline? Mm-hmm. And that became the thesis for this obsession that then became <laughs> my business. And um, I started sending newsletters to my friends and parents that I knew, just cataloging the things that I was learning and finding. And they were interested in sharing it. And somehow we ended up that year in 2018, we ended up on the radar of the this um, huge mom influencer group called Mom 2.0, and they um, awarded us most engaging content of the year. And this is an, a mom influencer group of 800 influencers across the nation. And so yeah. it was like the Incredible. first moment of validation, like, whoa, okay, this is important. This is needed. It resonates. All right. So this is interesting. Um, and so for me, as uh, someone who's worked in the commercial space, bringing products to the market from a commercial standpoint, immediately I'm thinking, what does this look like as a product? How do we find out more? How do we name what is happening here? So we talked to you in the beginning um, about 50 parents one-on-one, like in conversations like we're having right now. And we asked them two questions. The first is, how important is STEM to you and your daughter? And 
overwhelmingly it was somewhere between nine and 10, the average, like on a scale of one to 10. And then we would ask the next question, how, how comfortable do you feel? facilitating STEM informal learning and average was three to four. And so huge gap between that desire, like the desire is there. Everyone has a job that's being somehow digitized right now. So they can see already while the world is changing, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like for my children. So the awareness is there, but huge gap between, well, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what I'm putting in Google. What am I putting in Google to search for? I don't sure. even know. <laughs> you and know, I think so. there's even a misconception over what is STEM. What is it? What yes. is STEM or yes. STEAM? Or, yes. Because the acronym has become, when it initially came out, the, the acronym was needed to, to bring yes, awareness to, bring to what was together. happening. But now it's become almost a, like a nomenclature and there's not, people are like, well, what does that really mean yes and 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 they would say things like you know my daughter is really into the arts and creative so I don't think that she's into STEM and I'm like oh but that yeah that's exactly the the point yeah it's like the fact that you don't associate creativity with STEM is why I want to do this work so we then took Raising Smart Girls, the idea um, seriously and started to build a platform around it. So we built a website, it's RaisingSmartGirls.com, and we started accumulating resources on there for parents. So we have editorial content on there because we do believe that the the, the work that parents have to do is not just in the exposure um, in terms of academic, but it's also in the self-awareness and building the confidence of their children to know that they are capable of doing whatever it is that they choose to do, right? So giving them enough options to choose from, but also helping them understand that when you do choose, you can do this. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah. So helping parents do both both sides, both work. We like to say that we help parents raise head and heart smart girls um, for that reason. Um, so our website um, has a ton of resources for doing activities, um, a ton of stuff to read, book reviews, shopping um, reviews and all that. And really, our goal is to mainstream STEM. Right. We want to take it out of the lab, out of um, this thing that's for like um Um, people, genius people that want to work with objects versus people that want to work, that want to work with people and in service, right? Um, Make it accessible for parents. Um, And then over like the first year, some of the things that were happening was that parents were now saying to me, I totally get it. I'm in. um, So can I just give you my kids? Like, can you just do this thing? Like, what is it? Do you want me to do exactly with them? And we started realizing like, oh, wow. Like, no, you you need to make this even easier. Like not only provide information, but people actually want like, I don't want to think about this. What is my tool? What am I doing right now when I have time and next and next month and the month after? And, you know, so we started to figure out, okay, what does the curriculum look like? If someone did give us their child and said, here, we sign up, <laughs> what does right. it look like? How do we get them to age 12 as an informed decision maker? And mm-hmm. so we started building back into that. We spent um, a year in um, an elementary school. We were um, we were lucky enough, wonderful partners in this. Um, they, the principal, the science leader, everyone bought in. And we were able to get the, the entire class of fifth grade girls 
um, in this very unique special opportunity for uh, an entire year, an hour every week, we designed and curated um, amazing experiences for them. We had four modules, so science, technology, engineering, math. And for each module, we um, had explorations every week. Um, we had wonderful partners in this. So Discovery Place helped us with the science um, uh, piece. Um, Schoolcom helped us with technology. Corning helped us with engineering. COVID shut us down before we got to our amazing <laughs> uh, math module, um, which was going to be in partnership with a company called Mine and the girls. It was a capstone. They were going to make assistive devices with 3D, um, 3D printed assistive, assistive devices to kind of add up everything that they've done. Yep. But um, they had these experiences. We had panels of amazing women that came. And not only that, we had an awesome company um, coaching right now that donated over $40,000 worth of coaching so that these girls got leadership coaching, the same coaches that would coach a middle management leader and executive at a corporation. Yeah, they were having incredible. these conversations around, well, okay, now that you've heard that, are you internalizing that this could be you? Like, what does this mean mm -hmm. for you? What does it mean to have a dream? Like, you, we take for granted that, oh, yeah, I, you know, I used to, I, my dream was that blah, blah, blah. Not a lot of girls even understand what it means to dream something about your life and your future. Sure. So that was an amazing addition to the program. That was our heart smart portion of it. Um, and so that experience helped us really, one, um, offer what, the impact that, that we started this company to do um, to an audience that may not have that experience otherwise. But also it allowed us to be around girls so often that we were now seeing what made them excited and, and what lit them up and um, what, what was really facilitating learning for them. And we, we had them doing stuff that would, you would consider homework um, without coercing I mean this this wasn't graded but you it was so fun to see them come back I would have them research women and bios and stuff and for extra candy like your only price was that you know the, your exit ticket would get extra candy and you would see them rushing like I learned about Miss Tolu I learned about this and here's right. what she did that just the curiosity once you finally design for girls specifically right it was yeah. just the girls by themselves there was not there was one girl that came in so shy she could barely look in my eye by the end she was winning awards for being the most engaged during our uh, module where they were building computers. Yeah. And, I mean, night and day, because mm -hmm. you gave her room, you gave her a safe space. To learn, to, to fail. Learn, to fail, to explore. Have you didn't have to worry about boys, yep. none of that. And so, of course, we're starting to think, that's awesome. That's what we wanted to learn. Um, how, do, how do we then take this and bottle this up for parents? Because that's what, who we're constantly thinking about. That's who has the most time to do this. You can do a little bit in school, but, you know, they're with their parents, they're home all the time. And so we um, started exploring the idea of building out a full curriculum that would support parents to just have those explorations. We had to build it in a way that it would fit in um, a parent's busy schedule, um, include everything that they needed, everything literally laid out. And we wanted them to explore 
different careers with their children. So we're, we're building 36 career modules, all in STEM, all varied. Um, we have them in series. So we'll have an engineering series. We have a designer series. So jobs that fall in those roles. We have a scientist series, um, a tech one, even a founder one, because our point is all of this is not just to do things, all right? Like how do you take your ideas once you learn these tools and start to think about um, putting a business together or, mm-hmm. or putting a product together. And our hope is that, you know, if you, if you did give us your child in air quotes and they started um, at age six or eight or wherever they started, we would take her on this progressive journey of exploring all these potential opportunities and help her find where her strengths um, align uh, and where she could potentially find um, a home somewhere within STEM and STEAM. And then as she moves on into middle school, she feels equipped to kind of explore that further through her coursework and further experiences that parents now feel more comfortable offering. So that's that's what we've been working on. That's what we're building. We're so excited. We just launched our first module, which is an electrical engineering one. Um, in this module, the girls um, get to learn about electricity and circuits, and they build a parallel circuit, and they're going to, um, you know, they get to design an actual headband that lights up uh, through the circuits. And we picked that because we really wanted it to be a product for girls. We wanted it to be recognizable for them. We wanted it to be something that they would be excited about. We wanted it to be a product that even without the, even if it didn't have the STEM, they, they would have loved it anyway so now let's add the science right to 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 have something familiar and then add something unfamiliar is always a winning combination versus everything is unfamiliar to me you know what I mean um and so I we feel like that's what's missing in the market is this intentional focus on what girls want what they like um one of the messages that bugs me and I know I've been talking for a while so I'll pause in a minute but my um daughter last night she, we have a book called Good Night, Good Night um, Stories for Rebel Girls. Awesome book. Recommend it. It just has stories every that you can read every night about wonderful women in history. And she just happened to ask me as we were driving um, last night. She was um, here with me in my office and she said, why are there rebel girls? And I was like, because they don't follow the rules. She was like, why is that good? I was like, you know what? It's I don't love that for a woman to do something amazing is considered her not following the rules because that means she's one of few women that are doing something different. And I'm looking forward to a world where women, it's normal for women to do the things that we're doing. It's normal for women to be in STEM, to be amazing scientists and technologists and and leaders in their field so much that they're not rebels for doing that. They're just being who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of the messages of STEM that bothers me is that if you do somehow get in, you have now entered this place where you don't necessarily belong but hey you passed come on in you know sort of it's sort of like you know you you must have you've you've checked all the boxes um that the guys laid out (laughs) so you're good um versus it's for everyone right it's just it's just what it is if you want it good if you don't want it 
also good. But not that you're jumping all these barriers and now we celebrate because you made it through all the hoops um, to this place that, that's not natural for you. And that's what we're hoping to change is by just going back through the normal things that make up childhood, that, that make up learning, can we widen up um, th- that early early entry point so that girls feel like this is for me too. It's it's not you know I'm I'm trying to break a glass to enter somewhere that that's closed up to me. It's it, it's it's designed um, from the beginning for me. And I think that's incredible, and that's exactly what we need in the marketplace and how we're, how we're moving the direction forward for women in this field. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Abby a bit more about this journey of, put, of more women in the STEM industry, talk a bit more about her programming, and a bit about the collaborations that she is working on in our area and beyond. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. From face-to-face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The Dot Consulting, a new level of tech savvy. Visit thedotconsulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. Welcome back to Coding the Future, and we are back having a really, really amazing conversation with the founder of Raising Smart Girls, and Abby has been really giving us an amazing picture of her journey um, of being an engineer and tech enthusiast. Actually, there was something you said in the first half of the show that I really wanted to bring back up and Um, but I'll go back to this in a second, and discussing about how her business has really walked the walk and she has put the time and the energy in to ask parents and to seek research and to make decisions that are really going to make a deliberate change, which is part of the reason why she and I um, 
when we first met, we instantaneously connected because both of us see the importance of moving the pendulum of women in tech, but you have to do so with intention. And although it is maybe sort of on the edge to say that there is very much of a gender difference. I think sometimes there is some argument about, you know, it, the difference between the way girls and, and boys think and whatnot. But, but there is a difference in the way in which girls process information. There is a difference in things they like. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to necessarily say that it's a boy thing or a girl thing, but you mentioned before about the headband and lighting up. Well, I mean, a headband is, a, a boy can wear a headband too. But it is more likely that a female will because of our hair, right? There's just a, yeah, that's the way it is. It's functional. It's functional. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and so I myself am also in that same boat in the organization that I have built, the Dottie Rose Foundation, where we have focused on females and computer science on that middle school age. And I completely agree with you, Abby, in that notion of saying there is a difference when we are working with just girls and there isn't the intermingling of the boys in particular as you get up into that fourth fifth Mm -hmm. sixth grade range Mm -hmm. because there's this thing called hormones Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. hormones start kicking in and it's a different piece but I loved the story that you mentioned about the young woman that uh, young girl that came in that was really shy Mm-hmm. And by the end, she had found her footing. She'd found yeah. her voice. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that because, because you created that environment. Yeah. And we all need that. When we're thinking yeah. about learning something new, we need the ability and the space to be able to fail a little yes. bit. I think that's important. Yeah, you're so right. There are a number of things that um, are different. I, and, you know, sometimes I struggle with why we, we're not okay with the fact that it could, it's it, that people learn differently, like why we feel like it should be the same in the first place, right? Because it's not a difference in terms of capacity or aptitude. Yes. That's the most important thing to say. The difference is in terms of interest. Yes. I am more interested in things that serve people versus an object in and of itself, right? Yes. So, if girls prefer to um, learn about, I remember you had invited me to um, an event at a middle school a while back. And I remember sitting around the table with these kids and there was like half of them were boys and half of them were girls. And we were having a conversation and I remember saying to them, hey, if I put a drone on the table right now, who would get excited? And the boys were like, oh, that would be so cool. And every single boy. Mm-hmm. And no, the girls were just kind of sitting back. And I asked, you know, okay, boys, why are you excited about the, a drone on the table? And they were like, because it's a drone. Like, they looked at me like, duh, like, like it's duh. a drone. That yeah. would be fun. And then I asked the girls, well, why aren't you guys excited? They said, because it's a drone. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just a drone. Nothing can illustrate it more than that example. Because what happened next was then I started, and I did this intentionally, I started to tell this story about how this amazing company in, uh, you know, out of Davidson, was not was using drones they've done so well since then but they use drones to um wash windows 
because people were dying every year trying to get on top of skyscrapers yes. and doing it themselves. You should have seen the girls light up immediately. It was like, oh, that is so cool. Now tell me about drones, right? That is the difference between how boys and girls learn. You miss it if you're not paying attention. You think it's because the girls don't know how to tech or don't know how to engineer and don't have the aptitude for it. No, it's because they don't care unless you tell them why they should care. Absolutely. Right? I couldn't, and, that is so eloquently <laughs> described yes, yeah. and exactly point on. Yeah. It's once you give them, and, and I have found this over give the years. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. reason. Yeah. There has to be a connectivity. And the truth of the matter is that doesn't really matter on your age. Anytime yeah. we're learning something, and I've said this over and over again on my show, and I, I mention it because it's uh, in terms of research, there is an element called perceived usefulness and perceived yeah. ease of use. Yeah. If we don't perceive this as useful, and when you put the drone down, those girls didn't per se perceive that is useful. Yeah, they were like, what, it's like what's okay, like, so what's, you know, so it moves up and down. Okay, yeah, woo, you know? <laughs> and then, but once you describe the use and what yep. you can do with it, then their brain changes. Their, yep. That new wrinkle happens. Yep. And ex- their exposure. That little conversation probably has pivoted the way in which they look at drones from yeah. now till further. Yeah, but boys don't need that, but could use it, right? They don't need that because they, I like to say boys many times, and it's a generalization, but they can be tinkerers without a cause. They don't need the cause. It's just yeah. fun to see it move and do its thing and dance, and they could hang out with it forever just doing that. Um, and so, those are the natural, and that's, unfortunately, that's how we teach, right? We teach things. We teach about things. We say, here is this thing, and this is how it functions. We teach about features. It has a thing. It has a, you know, this, I'm holding a pen. It writes, and it does this, and it's, it's gold. That's how we teach. Guess who is okay with that type of teaching? boys. That's <laughs> how so we teach them. But who, who's not into that? Who's not having fun? Who will get good grades but doesn't care? Girls. And people mistake yep. that because it's like, you know, my daughter gets good grades at science, and, but she just doesn't like it. I, when I hear that, my brain's ringing. I was like, yep, I know what's happening. She has no connection to it. She's not connected. She has no idea. What are yep. you saying? What is this? <laughs> you know, like, what do you yeah, do? There's no, there's no assimilate a why. Again, the why piece and, and you mentioned something earlier, too, that I thought was really poignant um, in terms of seeking uh, activities on Amazon. And yes. you were saying that there were these chemistry kits that all they did was combust. Yeah. And, you know, not every, I mean, that's good for the boys, yeah, sure, yeah. but for the girls, they may not want to. Like- and uh, there's a missed opportunity. And, and I, we've done this some in, in our own work, but I, you know, let me, let me put this again, a function. Yeah. Males can do this too, but yeah. uh, a lot of times beauty products, lotions and yeah. face scrubs and makeup and things. Again, functional. Well, they're functional for women and we yeah. like them. Yeah. And that's all chemistry. Yes. That is all chemistry. But yes. Don't, even when you see like make your own lip balm kits, yeah. there isn't even an in-depth conversation in those about kits why. about the why and the yes. chemistry behind it. So and I, that's another missed opportunity. Absolutely. And that, so you, that's a perfect segue into um, why I'm collaborating with uh, UNCC because um, 
my so when we started to design this that was exactly it we're like okay so there's stuff out there but there's no still no connection right so i can play with slime but not even know what polymers are or that you know there are chemical engineers that make packaging or you know using these different Mm -hmm parameters right so we really wanted to not only build a physical element because our parents were saying you got to give me everything so we knew it had to have a physical element but we also wanted to add a digital part of this that allows us to go deeper in the learning so in our mind we said let's offer five hours of learning content you probably spend, depending on how much time you want to, you know, events you want to make around the box, you could probably spend somewhere between one to two hours hanging out, playing, you know, learning and bonding around the box. But we wanted to have an opportunity for three more hours of different sort of explorations that you can do online around that particular career that you're learning. And so our collaboration with um, UNC Charlotte, which uh, with the CCI department, which has been um, amazing so far, is to use some of their research around artificial intelligence and how you could um, take curiosity and recommend around curiosity and interest and personalize the learning journey for these girls because we want to be able to say, hey, here's your starting point, right? So now you, you didn't know what an electrical engineer is. Now you do. You've, you've done a little thing to show you sort of an idea of what they might do. Now let's go further. But we want to personalize the recommendations we offer to you to make sure that they're things that you're going to enjoy. So that we've um, partnered together, want to further tease out that idea and explore it, but then also to put, a, put in a proposal together to the National Science Foundation to fund us to build um, build this thing out. So we're waiting to hear back on um, our proposal by the end of the year. But even while we've been waiting on that, we've extended our work. We're actually right now in the middle of the National Science Foundation's um, Innovation Corps program where we're being funded to go talk to more parents and understand the needs around that digital piece, talk to educators to understand what the curriculum needs might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has been amazing and eye-opening and um, similar to the activity when we started the business and we were just talking to parents, just learning a lot about what that would look like and how important it is for parents to fill up their child's time meaningfully. So the idea of thinking in hours, like how much hours of learning are you delivering? It really is important to parents, especially in a COVID world where (laughs) where you're thinking, I need to get these kids busy and I don't want them on TikTok or, you know, Instagram or all the stuff that's not really adding much value to them. No, unless uh, they're doing something that's creative with it. Exactly. Like consuming the content. Exactly. Um, And you mentioned, I I wanted to bring this back up because I thought this was really important because... um, you saw something very different when you saw Microsoft Word when the first time than when yes. I saw it the first time. <laughs> and I, I love this because I think it's really important for people to hear in that you saw this as a creative brush, not something that was this flat, flat piece on, on a screen. It was a creative brush to create with. And I think that's a wonderful thing for you, for people to put in their brain that, you know, we can see tech very structurally the way it is, but there is this wonderfully creative element to every piece of technical software or device that we use. 
Yes. And so if you could just switch your mindset just a smidgen and see it as a creative brush instead of just this kind of harsh, stagnant, gooey, Yes, I think you might see it a little differently. You know, and, and those are not always obvious, right? And for me, it's because I didn't, in my formative years, grow up with technology all around me, right? So when I, you know, it, it wasn't like my first day of using Microsoft Word that that happened. But after a few, you know, uses, it, I still had fresh eyes enough to be able to notice like, oh, wow, you know, like somebody puts these things together. Somebody created this. And so how do we make all those connections for people as they're consuming things, right? That someone made this, your soap, someone made this, your lotion, someone made this, your, you know, um, your packaged food, someone made this, your um, tablet, someone made this. And it really is in the conversations you're having with your kids. So my, my youngest daughter, because of um, all the STEM talk we have at home, which we try to make as natural as possible, and we talk about this often, is you can, you know, once you get used to it. She would she says things like, can we make our own Apple Watch when I tell her she can't have one for her birthday? <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. That's awesome. Because in her head, you you can make things, right? And so all can. everything is makeable. Yeah. So now it's just like, so can I just make mine then? I'm like, <laughs> an Apple Watch? She's like, yes, Les, can you help me figure out how to make an Apple Watch? I'm like, okay. And so we're on YouTube, like, okay, how do you make a watch? Let's even, you know, explore that idea. But it's how do you turn the brain from um, things just are there to things are created. And it's in, it's in having experiences that deconstruct things, right? It's my daughter, the first time we did the build the computer, my older one, we did a build, build the computer kit and our, the sound wasn't working. And she immediately, we, we figured out, we had to open it back up to, to make the sound work because the amplifier wasn't plugged in well. And in her head, it clicked that, wow, these electronic devices have an inside. It's so funny. You think you, oh, because you, yeah, you that's yes, a good point. there's an inside. Your phone has an entire inside and your tablet that you play with so much as an inside and that's a whole new world that your brain has never computed before because it's never had to your right. brain just thinks it's there right yes. just like soap and because you've never thought about the process that brings it together and so for like the next honestly like six to eight months she was like walking out of my house with a screwdriver the remote's not working oh i'll just open it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i love that it out. yes but that's that dis deconstructing the making experience so, yes. that, so that girls can think about it. And that's what we're trying to do with the kids is say, what is the biggest, largest concept in this career area that we can do something so small that allows them to start to think like, oh, when the light comes on, that's a circuit. And okay, so, and, and a circuit needs to be open or closed. And, mm -hmm. and then now your brain's working, right? You're thinking about your blender and what could possibly be running that blender behind the scenes. None of, and the other thing is you're acquiring vocabulary. That's why our digital platform is important because once you have that vocabulary, you go into first year engineering in college and it doesn't look like a foreign country to you because some of it is just, boys get talked to in a certain vocabulary and you're so used to saying things like valves and you walk in and you're like, 
that whole sentence you just said, Professor, I like I need an entire dictionary just to even say understand what you said in order to communicate what you're trying to communicate because it's not vocabulary I'm familiar with. But the boys are because their dads pull them in when they're fixing things and mm-hmm. deconstructing yep. things, right? So yep. in their brain, things get fixed and made, and right? So there's so much work we have to do um, in how we, we do this for girls. And for me, what's most important is that we do it authentically for girls, not ask them to get used to what boys like. You know, and I, I like that you said that, and I love that you said that your daughter walked around with a screwdriver to unscrew the... Yeah. the because... You know, as as kids, we did a lot of that because there yeah. wasn't so much technology. I didn't grow up with technology. Yeah. Either, and if it broke, we had to fix it. Yeah. And even myself, like I know how to get myself around the basic pieces. Now, much of what you said before, you also said that boys like to tinker without a cause often. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that's uh, an important piece because from me, I think that um, – we as girls like to tinker and we will tinker with a cause and we'll tinker longer. Yes. Once we're connected. Once we figure out the piece, like I noticed with my own two boys, like once they've sort of put something together, then it's done and they're done and they've moved on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll keep tinkering. Like they don't, you know, one of my pet peeves with like maker spaces sometimes is, you know, it just has things for you to come in and tinker. And that's supposed to be the idea is that, you know, come in and tinker and, but Honestly, if I was a young girl, I would be intimidated by that because it's like, where, what, what am I start? Where do I start? Like, give me some guidebooks, help me understand. Let me help me do one thing using all this machinery that you have here. Then my imagination can run and now I can be creative, but you offer no starting point because you just want me to jump in and tinker. Boys do that more than girls would ever would right yes. so if, if you don't even start me up you don't tell me how this saw works but you want me to just jump in and stop playing with it like you just give me some safety guidelines I don't know what I'm doing right so there's so much so much to to think about in terms of you know how we do things that we don't we don't consider um is is detracting <laughs> from you know why girls just aren't interested that's the key is they have options to me it's a marketing problem it's it, we're not selling um these careers as something that could be interesting or fulfilling not that they mm-hmm. don't not that they can't do it as they have options <laughs> and well, so they know, go and do what they feel like is more interesting to them yeah, you know, and I think that, that there's a deeper cultural piece to this that has to be uncovered some. But yeah. you also mentioned, and I thought this was very uh, well stated as well, in terms of that there we have h- half of our workforce is females. Yes. So only 28% are in the STEM fields, right? Yep. And I, some of that comes from that piece of the way we were taught. Yep. We're taught more about teaching the things, teaching the content, yeah. and not so much yep. about the why. Yeah. You know? And then there is this like, um, uh, once you're in, it take, it's like what you said, like you check all the boxes and like, you're like, oh, uh, you're in now. You made it through. You made it. 
through right. this, you know, invisible barriers and now you're one of the boys. That, who wants that? Like, not everyone's yeah. cool with that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to be one of the boys. You can keep that. <laughs> so so yeah. that that's also a problem is, you know, this idea that STEM is, you know, it's unnatural for, for a girl. Um, and if you were interested in it, you've now somehow transformed, you know, into you've done the work. No. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell us a bit more. So I know you've mentioned it um, earlier, but can you tell everyone where they can go to find out more information about Raising yep. Smart Girls and yep. then where they can purchase the box yep. and, uh, and then where can they find you on social media? Um, awesome. So the website is RaisingSmartGirls.com. And if you go on there and go to shop, the boxes right there is the top item in the shop. Um, and we are on social media on IG, Instagram at Raising Smart Girls, Facebook, um, Raising Smart Girls as well, Twitter at Smart Girls HQ. Couldn't get Raising Smart Girls there. <laughs> and then I am on LinkedIn as Abby Oluke, O-L-U-K-E-Y-E. Happy to connect across any one of those platforms. We do send a newsletter to parents um, weekly. So um, while you're on RaisingSmartGirls.com, I would love if you would leave us your email and stay connected. Amazing. And if you could give a piece of advice to parents about how to take that first step and in having the conversation around STEM, uh, you know, maybe, and I, I still say, you know, it's an acronym, but just around yeah. loving science, technology, yeah. math, embracing and, and not using the vocabulary that they're not good at math. But what yeah. is a piece of advice you could share with parents as a starting point? Um, I think for parents, I, the first thing is I honor your desire, my desire, every parent's desire to want to give their children the best opportunities and widen up their experiences. I know that we all feel that way. Every parent always wants to do that. I also honor your own personal experiences that may or may not have been positive around science, technology, engineering, or math, because a lot of that comes into um, why or why, or why or why not you're able to facilitate, you know, your own child's learning or explore. Um, so my advice is not to be, to, not to be afraid of it, not to be intimidated by it. Um, learn with your child. Um, the, a lot of times for me, even for me with a STEM background, I have the most fun um, and I do this when it's something I feel like I would also enjoy. So mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to find all these things that, you know, you might not even understand yourself, right? That's what we're doing is creating experiences that both of you can enjoy. Um, so come to it with, we're going to learn something together, right? Don't feel like you have to be the expert. That's yes. the barrier is feeling like, I don't know enough about this thing. So, um, you know, she might ask me a question. No, you explore together. And that is the definition of science is that open, wide exploration. So take it in as, a, as an opportunity to bond, to learn together, um, and to discover, right? And, you know, have little projects and also little things matter, right? So don't feel 
obligated to have a big plan. How do you do something 10 minutes while you're driving? How do you do something, you know, while you're waiting at the, at the doctor's office whenever we can be out and waiting again <laughs> in the <Yeah>. world, right? <laughs> so all the crevices in the day where there, there's dead space, how do we fill up those spaces? And hopefully, you know, it would be my joy that, you know, we have that tool available for you in the near future that allows you to say, hey, I have 10 minutes. What can I do in 10 minutes right now, right? And it makes it even simpler for you. But before then, use the resources that are available right now to fit into your life. Um, not, don't feel like you have to be someone different or, you know, some expert to, to do this. And your, your children will appreciate you for it. I agree with that. And I think it's great advice. Abby, thank you so much for being with us here today. Again, my action item. The action item for today is to go to RaisingSmartGirls.com, check out her amazing website, and learn more about the work that she's doing to support and promote women and girls in STEM. And if you're interested in knowing more about the work that I do with girls in computer science, you can find out more information at DottieRoseFoundation.org. And of course, reach out anytime via email on the Voice America Network and leave a message if you've enjoyed this content, if you've enjoyed what we've talked about, please share this with a friend because I would love to grow my audience to reach more people and to continue this conversation on how we move the pendulum in loving, accepting, and growing with technology, science, engineering, math, and all the things that encompass computer science. Thank you so much. It's been an honor for, for to be here with you today. Thank you for joining Coding the Future, and we'll see you next week on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.